When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast, broadcasting live on our YouTube channel, Twitter and Facebook, and I'll be uploaded later to the podcast channel. I'm joined by our Chief Sports Writer, Lee Ryder. He was in Steve Bruce's press conference today, ahead of the trip to Everton. Uh, how was it, Lee? How was Steve Bruce ahead of what is a very big game for Newcastle United? Yeah, um, well, basically the press conference... Uh, was similar to, to how it usually is in some ways. Um, he obviously takes questions from people like Sky Sports and BBC. And then last week, as everybody who follows Newcastle United knows, he didn't take any questions from the written press. Uh, after the Leeds game, he did take questions from the written press. And today he took a couple of questions and then the press conference finished so that was his um his take on how he was going to deal with the, with the media today i think you look at this game in general it's a huge game for steve bruce huge game for newcastle united huge game for everyone at the club really and they need to stop the rot they've been saying this now for about nearly two months they need to, need to stop the rot and Evan isn't the the game you would choose, but then, you know, as I've said on this podcast a couple of times, what 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 game would you choose if you can't beat Sheffield United, uh, who were rock bottom with no wins at that time? I know they've beat Man United since then, um, but you know, I still expect them to get relegated, and I still expect Newcastle to be beating teams like that. So, so yeah, this is a huge game. He said again in his press conference talking about the results of teams below Newcastle, and he said today about uh you know those teams had a bad run now they're picking up points and we're going through our bad run now what do you make of that because to many this is more than just a bad run i mean you know no wins in 11 lost uh you know consecutive was it five away games um on the bounce it's just is is it just a bad blip lee or is there more to this do you think yeah i mean steve bruce is sounding positive still well it it, it's it's got all the hallmarks of a relegation team at the moment because they can't win a game, they struggle to create chances, and realistically, this game uh, this game against Everton, you know, if you were putting a putting a bet on it, then you'd probably back Everton to get the win. Now we know football doesn't work like that, and there is surprises, and I have said for the last couple of weeks that. Newcastle may be bad, but, but always in football, you run into someone who's going to have an even worse day than you. And that's that's what the hope is for Newcastle. And that's, that's all it is. Uh, it's, it's hardly a confident vibe around the place. And the changes behind the scenes with the backroom staff suggest that obviously there is some problems with the way it's set up because they've had to change that, you know. Uh, Steve Bruce, one of the things he said was 
uh, about whether he was back at being backed or whether the the new coach Graham Jones coming in was a sign against him. He said, "Well, you'll have to ask people above me." But as we all know, people above him do not correspond to the press. So it's a it's a vicious circle almost. I mean, that appointment of, of Graham Jones is an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, the more I look at it, I'm still scratching my head because the way he spoke, the way he was unveiled, it, it was very manager-esque. You know, he was talking about how on the bench against Leeds, there were some good players and they, they need to find that system. That might just be the way he speaks. He's very sure of himself, perhaps. I don't know. But it did strike me as bizarre because, he, you know, he, he wasn't coming in or he didn't come across as someone who is going to kind of, sit on the sidelines and, you know, he did he did come across as very managerial-esque. And I think you mentioned a good point there, perhaps, Lee, is that if the hierarchy maybe came out and just maybe explained a little bit about what the point of this is, there maybe wouldn't be as many questions um, as there is over this appointment. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, it was PR-wise, the guy's pictured with his suit on in front of the club crest. It, if you if just got off a plane from somewhere and you were scrolling through your phone, you would think Newcastle appointed a new manager. That's just my take on it. Um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't with his tracksuit on, you know, with, with the boots in the background at the training ground. It wasn't low key. It was it was quite a high profile unveiling. And it, 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 it said something to me, it cried something to me that, you know, we were making a technical difference. Now, what followed yesterday was a gallery on the club website, which included pictures of Ben Dawson and Graham Jones looking like they were running the rule over training. Steve Agnew was in the background. No sign of Steve Bruce, but obviously done his press conference today. Uh, I suppose they would say that the delegating and it did in some ways, it could be argued that Dawson and Jones were observing the training session from the side. We, do, we don't know, but certainly in terms of, how that could have been presented. Um, it could have been presented a lot more low-key if it's as low-key as Steve Bruce is saying, which he's playing it down. They're not, yeah, we, we've needed some coaching help in for, for weeks now. That's what he's saying. But the, the, the club's PR drive on it seems to be going the other way. And the big question that I would you know, love an answer for is who decided this? Uh, was it, was it uh, Mike Ashley said, I want a new guy in? Or did Steve Bruce say, can you go and get me Graham Jones? And, you know, we'd, we'd love to ask these questions, but um, this is where the communication lines become blurred and we have to, we're always going to talk about it, whether we can ask questions or not. So, look, Graham Jones was a manager last season at Luton and this season he's now at Newcastle working with the first team and... I, I don't know. I think that maybe if you go back to his unveiling at Luton, I think he said, I've always wanted to be a manager. And now he's uh, he's in a very high-profile position at, at a very high-profile club. Certainly an interesting appointment. Lots to keep an eye on there. We'll talk now about transfers, Lee. And it was a press conference with, uh, you know, little bits of information in. And um, we'll start with... Um, a potential arrival. Steve Bruce confirms his interest in Chowdhury of Leicester, a story that you wrote earlier this month. Um, do you think that one's going to come off? Well, 
yeah, it's, it's interesting that he's now stood that up because his initial reaction was, it's news to me. So that was after, I think, that might have been after the Leicester game, I think. But now it's it's come full circle and now he's basically confirming what we wrote in the first place. So, look, um, I don't think it's a bad signing if it, if it goes through. But how many midfielders the Newcastle have at the moment? You know, they've had problems at centre-back and they're signing a central midfielder. They've had problems at the other end of the pitch with goals um, and the signing a midfielder. And then you, you've got, you're going to have a lot of unhappy faces in terms of who's not going to get a game. You've already got Sean Longstaff on the sidelines at the minute. Matty Longstaff can't, can't get in the team again. It, it's, it seems a, a lopsided to me. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, I, I think, you know, obviously I think they do need a box to box midfielder, but whether Trowdy is the answer, but you do make a good point. They're so oversubscribed in that area, and yet they're still lacking huge quality, in my opinion, of someone who can just take the game by the scruff of the neck. Something that we've spoken, you know, previously about many times on the podcast. Um, we've got a question here for you, Lee, from uh, Tell Magpie Ross, and he just says, "Being realistic, can you see some decent additions for the squad before the window closes?" I think there's one. There's a chance that one or two might come in. Obviously, players would have to come out as well. So, it's. I, I don't think we're going to be celebrating marquee signings as we have in the past. Let's put it that way. And I think everyone's quite realistic about it, to be honest. But the, the best you can hope for is, is players who aren't getting a game anywhere else and then they won't be fit. Jetro Williams is one that, that Newcastle have been linked with. But Steve Bruce admitting today that he. He's not there fitness-wise, so it's a it's a it's a terrible window anyway. The January one, unless you've got really prepared to splash the cash, and this one in particular, where not many people are doing business, it makes it even worse. So I don't think you can hang your hat too much on on this transfer window, and I don't think uh, you know it'll be. Sky Sports, breaking news, yellow ties, all that sort of thing. I think that might... I'd be interested to see what their media strategy is for deadline day. Mm, I, I think it's five permanent signings across the Premier League so far, which is um, must be a, a first in the January window. Five? five, I think. I think West Ham have confirmed um, it was the Brentford midfielder. They had him on loan and they've made him a permanent sign. They confirmed that this morning. I think that was the fifth. So yeah, not many, not much business being done at all across the Premier League. One you mentioned their potential outgoings, and again, Matt Ritchie is constantly linked with a return to Bournemouth. Steve Bruce spoke about it. He was asked about it today. Uh, Tyndall, the Bournemouth manager, spoke about it yesterday in his press conference. Said, um, <laughs> "I love what managers say. I don't want to talk about other clubs' players, but I think he's a fantastic player," which is what Tyndall said. <laughs> um, and Steve Bruce was asked about what's going on with Matt Ritchie today. What was his response? Basically, he said that they hadn't agreed a fee and he, he understood the frustration of Matt Ritchie. And he basically said he's for sale if the price is right. So it's one of them for him. I don't think... I think when Matt Ritchie signed the long-term deal, things were different. You know, that, that was then, this is now. Uh, he's not guaranteed a place anymore. The dynamics of the dressing room have changed a little bit because of the lads who've come in 
uh, over the summer and he's just not as influential as he was and he can't demand a place in the team anymore. And I think Steve Bruce, if he got offered, I don't know, 10 million, that would be quite a high price for him, but he is under contract, so it's not unrealistic. If he got offered that, then he would probably try and plough it into into other deals, but more importantly, making that squad space available. Mm, contract only signed, what was it, last March, I think it was, till 2023. So be interesting to see how much, if any, if you know if something does happen, how much they would get from Matt Ritchie. Yedlin, the other one, Lee, um, obviously he's had issues with the visa, and you know, but he's been back on the side recently. Do we think he might end up going? And there's lots of links to uh, clubs in Turkey, a few to the MLS. What's happening with, with Yellen at the moment? Well, I think he obviously got frustrated, didn't he? And he come out and he he slammed Newcastle for not talking. Uh, since then, um, I, I spoke to Steve Bruce about it. This was before the press conference sanctions were issued. And he said that the club aren't ruling out a deal for him because there's still six months of his contract left. And when you bear in mind, they went into sort of overtime with Matty Longstaff and they eventually got him sorted. There's no, uh, there's no guarantee that those talks are completely dead. You know, he's, he's still a player who's here and obviously wants to be here. So while that's the case, he might get a new deal. That said, his contract runs out very soon and this is the season now where people can come in with bids for him. And if, I don't know, someone like Galatasaray made him an absolutely blockbuster of a contract offer, then, you know, there's a chance he could he could take it and, and cash in. But uh, I don't know. It's it's one where Steve Bruce has got three right-backs. If there's a deal to be done and it means he can bring somebody else in, then it's probably one where he's going to be sorely tempted. Steve Bruce hasn't really settled, has he, on a, on a right back or right wing back? We've seen Murphy, Manquillo, Kraft, you know, all, and ironically, you know, Kraft and Manquillo have all been linked as well to, with exits this month, which perhaps goes to show just how unsettled that area is at right, right back. Um, we've got Roger Kukia asking, do we think the introduction of Jones will affect the team dynamic on the pitch? Certainly, by the way he was speaking, he's not going to hold anything back, is he? Or oh, that's what it sounds like. And he's going to be quite forthright in his opinions. How big of a change do you think it'll have, Lee, on the way you know, the, the, the team's set up and the team play? Well, from what I'm told, Graham Jones is somebody who is an attack-minded coach. But he's also said in previous interviews that he'd become more pragmatic as his career went on and realised that if you haven't got you know, this squash buckling team, then you do have to get defensive things correct. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they line up against Evan. I think you tweeted, you picked out a tweet from his interview, which which I read, and I noticed a lot of people were talking about it, where he said that the tactics in the team, he suggested he, the tactics weren't correct, and the team, those players who aren't playing, who you know, could return. So for me, that that was quite a big statement for somebody coming in to assist the manager to yeah. say that, to yeah. talk, talk about the formation and getting those players back into the team with a, with a system that suits them. 
So it was quite a quite a statement from from my point of view. That was the bit that got me thinking what 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 is going on here because you know it's all good unveiling in a suit and making a big show of it. Fair enough. Um, but when you know he, Graham Jones comes out and says something like that, instantly I thought, goodness me! But isn't that isn't that the manager's job or the head coach's job to to decide which players are on the bench? You know, it's up to him. So you know, clearly he thinks by that there are some players who should be playing. And the system maybe doesn't suit them. It's certainly going to be interesting to see how that works. I'm I'm intrigued to say the least. Um, Steve Bruce came out today and he mentioned um something about letters which is getting quite a lot of traction on social media i've got your tweet here from um from it so steve bruce there reveals fans of sentinel letters and then the quote i can bring you in a pile of letters i signed only yesterday people wishing me good luck telling me to keep bashing away not all doom and gloom but i understand their frustration totally uh what do you make of that those comments lee well, I'm sure he does get letters. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, people people do do still write letters, but I'm surprised he's gone down that that way because it's almost like, and I know social media can be quite intense, but it feels like I don't know. It feels like almost a hundred percent of the comments on social media are negative and against the manager. So to sort of come out and say we've had letters um positive letters it it's desperation in some ways to say that i i think he was caught a little bit off guard by the question um in the press conference which was obviously asked by i think was the bbc and the actual question was have you had people coming up to you in the supermarket on the street to to have a go at you basically that's what that's what he said so we're all the we're all the yeah menacing or so-called menacing written press asking tough questions, then you know the the broadcast ones are are can be just as as brutal. And that that was a a tough question for him, and, and that was his response to it. So yeah, look, Joe Kinnear said this about ten more than ten years ago. He he started quoting letters um, from people that you know were, were supporting him, and um, it's it's I don't know it's. Every press conference that goes by, it just looks like it's becoming more and more of a strain. And I just think it's, uh, you know, until you get two or three results, what lighten the mood and, you know, put put points on the table and shift you away from the relegation zone, then it doesn't really matter what you say. And, where, and al- alternatively, when you win, you, you can almost say pretty much what you want, obviously within reason, but you can almost say whatever whatever you like really because you're winning games and winning is just it's Chris Hutton used to say it you know covers up a multitude of sins when you win football matches you know and and he was absolutely spot on um but it's you know it's it's dealing with different managers we mentioned Chris Hutton there very diplomatic guy uh Steve Bruce has gone the other way where he's kind of tried to fight the press get it by the scruff of the neck didn't work for Joe Kinnear not working for Steve Bruce now and realistically, you know, Newcastle, they don't need any off, off the pitch distractions. They don't need all that going on as a sideshow. And um, they need to focus on the pitch. So it's it's 
um, a little bit of a mess at the moment, I think is the best way to put it. Hmm. I mean, Dale Richardson there says, I'm in full support of the manager and players always will. I actually think everybody is. I think there's a separate entity though, isn't there? It's whether you believe Steve Bruce can turn it around, whether you believe Steve Bruce is good enough for the job. But I don't think anybody actually wants their side to lose or get relegated because at the end of the day, you know, that would be disastrous for Newcastle United. Um, and I, I'm, I, I don't know, you'll probably tell me in the comments, guys, but I'm sure a lot of people would rather be eating their words and seeing Newcastle push at the table than be in this constant cycle of, of loss. But again, it is, I think they are separate entities. Um, the Leeds game, Lee, 20 minutes of positive football. But I think there's a, there's a strong case to say against that lead side, you're always going to find pockets of space because they play so open that there's always going to be those gaps to exploit. But against sides like Everton, who obviously Newcastle play tomorrow, you'll be down at Goodison Park. You're not going to get the same opportunities, are you, to, to, to break in between the, the midfield and the defence. They're going to be a lot more rigid and tight than the, than Leeds are. And I, and I actually don't know how many other teams... Um, you know, play like Leeds where you do get that space. So 20 minutes of good football against an open side, it, you know, at the end of the day, they need to beat Everton tomorrow, don't they? Yeah, 20 minutes of good football against an open side and you still can't get a point out of it. So tomorrow's a different uh, different game altogether. Everton, we haven't got a good record down there recently. I know we've picked up the odd point here and there. A point would be a fantastic result tomorrow if they could get it. Um, I just think Newcastle have got this. Unless Graham Jones has dramatically changed things in the last 48 hours, Newcastle have just got this. You can almost see it. You can almost see it coming when they're getting off the bus. This vulnerability about them. It's just heads down and just something isn't right. And... And I just think other teams can they can sense it. And if I'm right in thinking at Everton, I don't know if they're still doing it this season because I haven't been, but Newcastle will enter the field from the other end of the ground. So they, Everton will, will see them coming, basically. And uh, I, I just think unless Newcastle's body language is exactly right from the offset, then you know it, it could be a long afternoon for them. And could I just hope... Look, I hope you hope. I'm sure all the, all the local press want Newcastle to win. It's ludicrous to suggest anything else. We all want a successful Newcastle United, but the reality is that could be a long afternoon for Newcastle. If they lose, it then sets the tone for another awful lockdown weekend. And um, I just hope we can get lift lift spirits somehow. I hope Graham Jones has done a big job in the last 40 hours. Don't, let's not put too much pressure on the guy because he's only just come in. But I just hope that we can see a little bit of improvement and if they can get a result, even better. You mentioned there Newcastle's history, Goodison. Uh, they've won only once in the last 16 Premier League games down at Everton uh, back in September 2010. So, yes. Arthur. Yes, that day. So, it's not... They don't have a good record down... At Everton, Everton will have Dukari back, who was missing against Leicester through suspension. He's uh, one, you know, arguably one of their best players. They did miss him against Leicester when I've, I've just been chatting to Liverpool Echoes, Adam Jones there, and you can hear that podcast later on today on our podcast channel. And he was saying they really missed Dukari. 
interesting as well, though, Lee, he was saying that he feels, and Everton fans feel, that Everton tends to give these teams who are on a bad run of uh, games, a bad run of results, or a striker who hasn't scored in a while, they tend to be the team that they, they get the result against or they get the goal against. And I was just thinking, we're there. That's what, that's what Newcastle do, who saw it against Sheffield United. And interestingly, Calvert-Lewin has gone 11 games without scoring. And I imagine a lot of Newcastle United fans will hear that start and think, goodness me, he's definitely going to get a goal tomorrow. They've got some really talented players, haven't they? Yeah, I think it happened last season, didn't it? Was Did Keane not get a goal against Newcastle? Was his first goal? or first similar, goal for it, yeah. There was that sort of start. Newcastle, yeah, they, they've, uh, they're renowned for that sort of thing. Um, you know, uh, Newcastle uh, against Everton earlier in the season, it was a fantastic win, but Newcastle, boy, were they hanging on towards the end. And going into this one, it's, it's always, I don't know, it's always difficult down at Goodison Park for them. Uh, I don't know whether the lack of crowd will, will make a difference, but it's it's always seems to be one that just just seems to get at them. I remember uh, Alan Pardew taking charge of a game down there and fans chanting the one with the money back. And uh, I, I certainly remember him uh, taking exception to me, asking him that question uh, after the game uh, back then. So, look, I haven't got many good memories of uh, covering Newcastle at, at St James Park, at Goodison Park, sorry. And uh, I just think that, you know, from Alan Pardew joking here, everyone's struggled down there since that Ben Arthur goal. So hopefully, um, I think even the under-23s lost the cup final there a couple of years ago. So hopefully Newcastle can um, get something this weekend. Mm, Everton coming to this game, having won five of the last eight, losing only once. And uh, even though Pickford made a bit of a blooper against Leicester, they've only conceded six goals in the last nine, um, which is a, a, which is decent. And again, the reporter Adam down at Liverpool Echo said, without that clang against Leicester, you know he's had a good few games as Jordan Pickford. Always that extra bit of spice um, with Pickford. Stuart Wildblood here asks, how many more games do you think Ashley will give Bruce Lee? Um, <laughs> If um, the current form continues, well, it's from what I was told the other day that he's probably going to get till the end of the season. But I don't know if if they keep losing, I don't know if they can if they can do that because the rot has well and truly set in. But the fact they've now got Graham Jones on board would make it easier for them to, to change if the if. If they wanted to, they would have a, they would have a someone who's managed the first team, uh, in place, already, and you know the the staff, the the sort of um, the local staff, if you like, to, to go around them with people like Steve Harper, and Ben Dawson, who are obviously f- from the academy, and you know Steve Bruce's staff usually go wherever he goes, so I, I wouldn't see. If Steve Bruce did go, I wouldn't see them staying on. But but look, then the day they they put this together in place, let's give it a chance to work. Let's give them, um, you know, whatever time they need to to get it right. And if they don't, then you know they've made some change in uh, 
you know, they'll be open to criticism again. But, I, you know, do we expect miracles after one game? Probably not. I think I'm looking at it as a three, giving it a sort of three-game window. They've got Everton away tomorrow. We need to see positivity. Then they've got two home games. We need to see some points. So if they can pick four or five points up from the next three games, they, they'll be in a much stronger position. But if they continue to lose games, then where does it where does it leave anybody? You know, it would leave Newcastle with 15 games left in the Premier League with 19 points and having to win almost every other game. And they've got some hard games coming up if you look at the fixture list. So it's uh it's a, it's good. it's an intriguing time as a journalist to see what's what 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 happens here. To say the least. Just before I get your score prediction then. Obviously, Brighton, Fulham, they drew. We saw Sheffield United beat Manchester United. Burnley now three points ahead of Newcastle, which is re- remarkable. Are you seeing warning signs with those results that now that teams are starting to pick up, whereas Newcastle are just continuing on this run of really poor results? Yeah, I mean, I'm probably sound like a broken record, but you know, Newcastle aren't going to stay up on 19 points. Teams around them will will pick pick up results. Fulham have got nothing to lose. I think Fulham, if you ask any Fulham fan, if they could take it to that last game of the season against Newcastle in a winner takes all situation, they'd, they would snap your hand off. And that's what the that's what Fulham are trying to do. They're in it. They're in the, they're on the other side of this battle. Newcastle are trying to get away from it. Fulham are at the other end, and they're just trying to stay in touch. And try and take it to those last few games. And what what I mean, I'm not asking for this at all. But if Newcastle were to play Fulham for the right to stay up on the last game of the season, that would be I think every TV company would be falling over themselves to, to get the, the to get the broadcast rights for that one. But look, I don't want to jump too far too far forward to May, but that it, at the minute it's a possibility. If Newcastle keep playing the way they are and Fulham keep chipping away and getting points. Of course, Fulham play West Brom this weekend as well. So that's going to be an interesting game and to see who gets the win there. Fulham get it. They'd be within three points of Newcastle. If Newcastle don't manage to beat Everton. So, I mean, this weekend is huge for Newcastle. Can you see them getting a result then laid down at Goodison Park? Oh, you're putting us on the spot there after no <laughs> wins in 11, aren't you? Um Look, something's got to change at some point, you would like to think. Graham Jones coming in will have had some positivity. Can I see them winning down there? That would be some turnaround from the, the last few weeks. Could get a draw, definitely, um, if things go right. But as I say, the one thing I want to see is just some positivity and some attacking football not just sitting back defending and waiting for the inevitable to happen. But look, I think they could get a result. I know it sounds obvious, but the way the phone book's going, it tells its own story. And I think Everton will will be rubbing the hands at this fixture. Transferred into break into that top four that'll have a game in hand as well. So to really establish themselves against the Premier League's top sides. Well, Lee, safe travel down to Goodison Park. To you guys watching and listening, please subscribe to wherever you are doing so from and head over to chroniclelive.co.uk. You can hear or you can read rather all these stuff from the press conference, his prediction as well. 
and we'll bring you live coverage of the game tomorrow afternoon. Thank you for joining us.